2: You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. your team every day, every day,
1: every day, every day. All right, it is another episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. I am your host, Chris Russell. Uh, as you know, the Redskins now 1 in 9. As you might know, they host Matt Patricia And the Detroit Lions. Doesn't look like Matt Stafford is going to be back uh, this Sunday, but that's okay. Jeff Driscoll is here to play. And against this Redskins defense, it might be a long day no matter what. All right, coming up in this episode, we're going to hear from uh, interim coach Bill Callahan. He's straight ahead. I was at Redskins Park on Monday for the coach's press conference, and we'll have some reaction to that as well. Should the Redskins contemplate signing Colin Kaepernick. That'll be covered in detail right here on this episode. We'll have another Crossover Wednesday edition coming for you, but let's get started right away with the first part of Bill Callahan because there is a qualifier or an explanation uh, that we will have for you. After you hear what he says about Monte Nicholson playing on Sunday, just a couple of days after a friend of his or an acquaintance of his, some have referred to her as a girlfriend, not sure what the status of their relationship and friendship was, uh, passed away, in which he was at least involved in some way, shape, or form uh, in, uh, in what happened that night, and reportedly in transferring her from his home to the hospital where she ultimately passed away. So, we will explain what happened or what we know after you hear from Bill Callahan about that, about Dwayne Haskins' day, and about some of the other things in Redskins' land in part one of interim coach Bill Callahan's Monday afternoon press conference with reporters, including the Locked on Redskins podcast at Redskins Park okay let's go
3: before I get to the question um, did you have an update on D'ron Payne saw him in a walking boot today I don't okay. um, after watching the film just curious your take on Dwayne Haskins day
4: uh, Dwayne uh, at times had good decisions had good reads other times not as good still in the learning process uh, phase of progressions reads decisions uh, made some good throws down the field uh, that uh, created big plays I think early in the game that won the Terry and then the end of the game to Terry. Uh, there were some drops made uh, that weren't completely his fault there on some more e- intermediate type passes. But, you know, we, we've distributed the ball a little bit differently. I thought a little bit better in his, in his case. Uh, we weren't consistent as we wanted to be. But, you know, it, it's going to be a learning process. And those are some of the growing pains that you go through. But, you know, overall, I thought, you know, there's there's some good plays he made and some plays he'll learn from and get better from.
1: Bill, you're kind of building on something you were talking about yesterday after the game a little bit. Is there kind of a frustration? You've, you've been able to, you know, change a lot of things around here, different way of practicing and whatnot, and mm-hmm. yet the results kind of have been the same and the, the touchdowns haven't come. Is there sort of a disappointment that this didn't take off more right away?
4: Well, the translation is what really uh, – really gets to me and taking taking plays from the grass to the game uh, and practicing the way we've practiced our guys you know nobody wants to hear it and and I understand that nobody wants to hear how hard you practice and how hard you prepare because everybody does in the National Football League and you've got to come to the game and you've got to make plays and when that doesn't translate yeah there's disappointment I'm not discouraged by any stretch Uh, it motivates me more uh, I've got a deep resolve. I told the team this morning uh, they'll never see that in me in terms of you know giving up or giving in or anything of that nature. It's not in my nature. I'm just not about that. Uh, I'm a positive person. I coach positively uh, throughout my career. I'm going to continue in that fashion. I think that there's um, definitely frustration on the players part because I feel bad for them. I feel bad for our fans. Our fans you know come to the game and they expect a quality product to be put on the field and uh, it wasn't displayed yesterday and that's what that's what eats at me and that's what bothers me when uh, I feel that I've let our fans down in that respect uh, and uh, you know it falls on my shoulders I accept that but um, you know when it doesn't translate and from the, from the meeting to the grass to the game field, uh, that, that's where I get disappointed. And that's where you know, I, I deepen my resolve and go back and try to dig down and find more solutions, find more answers, find more reasons. And when you're in times like this, uh, as a coach, I've learned uh, over years, you, know, you, you learn more about yourself, your team, <clears throat> the people that you're around. Um, it gives you a greater respect for the game. And I remember talking to, to Coach Marinelli when he was in Detroit and had a tough year there. And it just strengthened his resolve regarding his standards, the way that he looks at the game and the way that he coached the game. And you can see that, you know, manifests itself in the way that they play in Dallas over the years. So, you know, we all go through this at, at some point. You know, if you're in this business long enough, uh, you're gonna go through the ups and downs. Uh, it's unfortunate it's this year, it's this year's time that we had a lot of, hopes and aspirations for this team uh, we've got six games left we can play better we can play harder we have to play one game at a time and make that our main focus and finish as strong as we can
1: why ha- do you think it hasn't translated
4: well I think there's a uh, there's a lot of reasons I uh, uh, you know just you know consistency of performance um, you know there are times where we haven't been able to capitalize in situational football, uh, and that happens. And uh, you you go back and you look at the film and you say, you know, you, if it play here, play there, you know, uh, a catch, you know, instead of a drop or a decision rather than a than, than a or or a better read on a play or a or a better tackle or whatever it may be. That's that's the nature of our game, and uh, you know if we can solidify those types of things in our play. Uh, I think it'll only get better, but it's going it's to require a lot of work.
0: Can you walk us through the decision-making process that went into starting Monte Nicholson yesterday?
4: Yeah, I don't think there was a, a, a huge decision relative to his health. I think the plan all along was to play Monte. Uh, he was you know, being prepared throughout the week, rehabilitating throughout the week, and it was going to come down to a game-day decision. We had worked him out prior to the game, and he was okay to go. And we monitored that uh, pretty closely and felt pretty positive about inserting him and starting him in the game.
0: Less about the health and more just what happened the event last week. How is his mental makeup, and how is he feeling about playing in a game on Thursday after what he was a part of on Thursday?
4: Yeah, I I didn't get into all of that. I just really, you know, we all looked at, you know, he spoke to a lot of other people in the organization relative to that situation uh, from my perspective uh, in terms of playing him and the decision of playing him was strictly based on coaching gathered with all the other information that i had
0: uh, understanding that with monte though there's a mental readiness to play in an nfl game and he right. did not practice and went through from what we know a fairly traumatic event there was no right. discussion of well there was that
4: discussion he was he was prepared to play those those questions were put forth in and, and it was ultimately his decision Play. That's why, when you work out a player uh, before a game, and you go out and you take them through a through any type of pregame conditioning, pregame uh, test, or or standard drill for that matter, uh, it's always a player's decision whether they're ready to play or not. And he was physically ready to play, and he wanted to play. So that was strictly. His decision, and he had the freedom to make that decision.
1: All right, so that is interim coach Bill Callahan, the first part of Monday's press conference. We will have part two straight ahead. Now, let me just qualify something. What he said about Monte Nicholson came off very strange, uh, very weird. Um, My colleagues, Pete Haley of NBC Sports Washington, Craig Hoffman of 106.7 The Fan, kind of peppered him. They asked him for clarification. They... I thought, explained very clearly what they were looking for by asking the question, hey, was Monte Nicholson in a good state of mind to play football on Sunday? Why did you guys play him? And Callahan basically kept referring to the injury, the injury, the injury, and that being the main motivating and deciding factor. We all understand he was cleared medically to play. That's not what the question was. Or at least the follow-up question and the follow-up question to that. Now, I would say I would say this: we didn't even ask, hey, you know what? because there could be a potential, a potential and pending criminal element to this, and we're not saying that he did anything wrong, but there could be. A potential we don't know yet maybe the Redskins do we don't because they refuse to be honest open and transparent with us about things like this but because there could be a potential should he be playing is he in the right frame of mind even if there isn't any potential legal ramifications his friend somebody he obviously knew, somebody he cared enough about at least to bring her to the hospital. The right thing, obviously, regardless of their relationship. Passed away just a couple of days before. He was out at practice on Friday. That was the first sign that I was like, well, okay, the Redskins have to feel pretty strongly here that nothing illegal happened or nothing nefarious happened. And... I'm guessing that's what we're left with here because, again, no charges have been brought up, no arrest has been made, no even hint that anything like this will happen, and I would be pretty much surprised, although nothing should surprise me, that the Redskins cleared him to return to practice on Friday, play on Sunday, that the NFL presumably cleared him as well, and then criminal charges or some sort of charge? Would come up after that timeline and that scenario doesn't make sense to me, but it's possible. It's possible. I can't rule it out. But anyway, Callahan answered it wrong. And he knows that he misinterpreted. I'll, I'll just say this we got an explanation about it after the press conference. He knows that reporters were trying to get at something different other than his ankle injury. Sometimes these things happen. It's it's a weird world. Uh, it's a strange world. And sometimes things get lost in the laundry and, and mixed up. I mean, Bill Callahan seems like a, a pretty genuine guy. I don't think he was trying to mislead anybody. That's Bruce Allen's job. Bruce Allen would have answered it like that. And maybe Callahan answered it like that because he's joined at the hip with Allen. But I genuinely think... Callahan misinterpreted the point of the questions. He's not thinking about Monte Nicholson's situation off the field. All these football coaches care about, most of them, most of them, all they care about is football. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that's what most of them feel is the situation. So just wanted to clarify maybe what you heard there uh, in the first part of Bill Callahan. When we return, part number two of Bill Callahan meeting with reporters. These press conferences getting shorter and shorter as the Redskins become less and less relevant. We'll have a thought or two on Colin Kaepernick coming up as well. The Redskins were at that particular workout. Good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell. We want to make sure you guys know About DoorDash, yeah, looking for a good meal, fellas? Treat yourself to that meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. If you're listening on the go, if you can't visit DoorDash right now, and that happens. You can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com offers. But when you can, go to the DoorDash app, use the promo code Locked On to get $5 off your first order of $15 or more right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. What's up, guys? It's Chris Russell, Locked On Redskins. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Not to go to work. Not to go to the store because you forgot something, but ready to go to the bedroom. That's right. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, fellas. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, and you can be ready to go whenever the opportunity comes about if you could benefit from a little extra function fellas and more confidence where it matters blue chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance blue chew Is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. If you visit bluechew.com. You get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code LOCKED ON. Just pay $5 shipping again. That's B L U E com Promo code LOCKED ON to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. Get it now, guys.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. All right, we're back right here on the Locked On Redskins Podcast. We finish it up with interim coach Bill Callahan meeting with reporters on Monday at Redskins Park.
2: Bill, you guys were super young um, at the skill positions on offense kind of what was your evaluation of the young guys and how do you balance that now kind of moving forward between kind of getting them experience letting them kind of grow but at the same time you know you still want to yeah,
4: yeah I think you know uh, we've positioned players differently giving them different roles and and given them opportunities you know uh, based on the concepts that we've featured and and situations uh, that they can be utilized in so uh, yeah, we'll continue to do that. That's why you have a 53-man roster, right? You know, to play a lot of different players. So we're going to try to utilize everybody on the roster.
0: Uh, we talked yesterday, and you hadn't had a chance to talk to Greg yet about your cornerback situation late in that game. Last three or four drives, where all three starters were out. Did you have a chance mm-hmm. to touch base on that, and, and what did you hear?
4: Yeah, we just wanted to play, take a look at a couple other players later in the game, and uh, I thought it was, you know, for most part, it was a good opportunity to watch those players and, and give them a give him a chance to get some exposure on film
0: and running backs wise yesterday, Wendell Smallwood winds up with the most snaps for you guys. Obviously mm-hmm. most people would have thought Adrian or Darius would be, and there, right. these guys would be one, two in some order going into that game. Right. How, right. how, did, how did that wind up playing out in that way? Yeah. And what did you make of it?
4: Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, we had some decisions predicated on the passing game. You know, I know Kevin wanted to utilize, you know, Smallwood in some roles that we featured. It's not always pass oriented. And, uh, There were some route concepts that we wanted to get him in on, and uh, we're utilizing that respect.
0: With regards to um, getting a look at some other guys on defense, there's other guys on the team, like Jaron Christian at Left Tackle is an example of a guy who's a younger guy could be part of the future. Mm -hmm. Is Is there getting to be more thought about using guys like that even from the start going into the stretch if, in fact, you are starting to look at some other young guys?
4: I think we're looking at everybody. You know, we looked at uh, Steven Sims yesterday, uh, playing a little more receiver. We looked at, you know, Harmon played, obviously, for for uh, for Paul. Uh, and Jerron came in uh, for Donald on a few series. So yeah, we're going to continue to mix and match some personnel and take a look at our roster and see who can step up and perform and compete. This is all about competition in the end, anyhow.
0: On offense in particular, though, with Dwayne, is it a tricky balance where maybe you want to see some younger guys, but on the other hand, you want to put Dwayne in the best situation possible, and going with a lot of other inexperienced guys may not be that situation? Well,
4: we've played those players in practice, so it's not uncommon or it's not unusual or unfamiliar to him if there is a different player in the game.
3: Okay, um, bear with me for a second. I don't know, did you see the video with Dwayne talking to this offensive lineman on the bench? I did. Okay, so I'm curious, like, we don't usually see snippets of those things in the sidelines, so this may be something that happens all the time, I don't know, but I'm curious what you took from that, from his perspective, and then also from maybe the lineman's reaction to it.
4: Well, there's, there's so many things that go, go into that uh, when you have a sideline uh, conversation or dialogue, or, and what, what the main focus of that is protection-oriented and what he can do with protections and how he can help the line, how, what he can do better. And I think that was the gist of the conversation. Uh, I make no more, no less of it. It happens all the time, yeah.
3: One of the things Morgan was saying too, there's a lot of times that they were sending seven against a five-man protection. What could have been, You know, was that a big issue in your mind and what could have been done differently? In those?
4: I think there's, there's always gonna be uh, numerical advantages when you overload a, overload a pressure. Uh, let's say, for instance, you're in a six-man protection and they bring seven or they bring eight and then it's a zero coverage and the ability to recognize those coverages and have answers from a protection perspective is it's it's always huge because everything begins with protection and then of course when you're in a five-man protection uh, they may overload you in a certain manner so your ability to have answers uh to combat that is pretty crucial and pretty critical so those dialogues john happen every game i mean it's no different than yesterday i mean it it's commonplace in our league. I think those, those discussions between quarterbacks and linemen are, uh, are pretty standard across the league, at least in my experience. But, yeah,
1: thanks. All right. And once again, that interim coach Bill Callahan meeting with reporters on Monday for the 1-9 Washington Redskins who host Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. A couple of road games after that. And quite honestly, it's a good thing when the Redskins don't play at home. Because the scene, as you know, is pretty ugly. Could they make it even more interesting? Could they even make it more of a circus? But could they also touch a part of their fan base that they're not connecting with? By signing Colin Kaepernick. Yes, I'll get to that next, right here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast.
0: Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
1: All right, so we finish up on the Locked on Redskins podcast like this. I wrote this big story um, for si.com slash NFL slash Redskins, and part of Redskin Maven Um and the Sports Illustrated channel for, for the Redskins uh, that I now do over the last couple of weeks. Uh, many of you have seen like the stories and whatever posted – Um, at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins, and I'll refer to it, you know, because it's all connected, and I want you to listen to the podcast, and I want you to listen to our updates, and I want you to listen and read uh, the SI stuff, and I want you to listen to me on the radio, uh, and I want you to care, and I want you to be passionate about this team one way or the other, whether you hate the team, whether you love the team, Uh, and, you know, whatever you are, I just want to tap into you. So the Redskins were one of seven teams on Saturday afternoon in Atlanta, that went the extra mile and went to the new location for Colin Kaepernick's workout. If you're not aware, uh, the first one and the first location at the Atlanta Falcons practice facility that the NFL set up uh, did not happen, did not happen as planned. Kaepernick wanted transparency, wanted the media there. He wanted it to be open. Uh, he didn't trust the NFL. Uh, he didn't want to sign a waiver. Um, all sorts of things. I'm not going to debate all that stuff. That I don't care. You know, all I know is this guy doesn't care about the media, but all of a sudden he wants media. You know, (laughs) I mean, kind of weird. So anyway, media was allowed to go to this event and it went on. The problem is, is by him doing what he did, he lost probably about 16, 17, 18 different teams. The Redskins were actually one of those teams that went to the second location, apparently about 45 minutes to an hour away, for whatever reason. And they sent one of their top pro scouts, Richard Mann II. And I've known Rich for a while. Rich is a good guy, he's a good scout, works under Alex Santos, you know, does a good job, Um, you know, and for whatever it's worth, that's who they sent. And Richard went to that second workout. I have no idea what Richard thought. I have not talked to Richard in any way, shape, or form, on or off the record, and I won't. Um, That's not my business. But here's what I would say. The Redskins went to that second workout... A, because they sent a guy down there and because he had a job to do, and B, because they must have some sort of interest, some sort of curiosity. And here's why they could potentially have that curiosity. Alex Smith, as we know, counts for over $21 million under the cap next year right now and certainly is nowhere near ready to play and may never play again. Colt McCoy and Case Keenum are free agents after this year, and it's hard to imagine that they will come back, right? And there's certainly more than enough questions and inconsistencies right now in Dwayne Haskins' game that you can say you're far, far, far from set at the quarterback position. Now, it looks like the Redskins will have a top three pick in the draft. I have no idea if they'll have the number one pick by the time it's all said and done and could control and take Joe Burrow and make another disaster In another circus and potentially have Burrow and Haskins or trade Haskins, kind of like the Arizona Cardinals did with Kyler Murray and kind of go that route and because it worked well for them. uh, It'll work well for us, that type of thing. There's all sorts of issues here. But the Redskins were at that workout and the Redskins were interested enough to contemplate this, right? I mean, they could have easily packed their bags and gone home. They didn't. So I have the full story up at uh, si.com slash NFL slash Redskins on the Redskins channel. Make sure you go check that out uh, because I, I think I bring up some other interesting points as to why I would not, I would not sign Colin Kaepernick even though there is a potential need for Colin Kaepernick or at least another quarterback. Go check that out right now. All right, thanks for being with us right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Adios.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.